Welcome back to Gardening Talk, back on 2 and for 2019. Greg Richard here, joined by Judy Sharp today. Judy, great to see you back. All a little bit rusty to start of the year. Are we on now? Yeah, we're, we're ready to go we're now. We're ready to it's, go now. How are happening. you, Greg? Very well, thank you. Did you yeah. enjoy the break? Yes, I did enjoy the break. Hot, but you know, I mean, it's not as bad as other places in Oz, is it? No, it's a bit of everything at the moment everywhere. Yes, You've got floods yeah. in the north of the country and... Dry rivers and dead fish, and that's awfully sad, isn't it? It's not great. Not no. great at all at the moment. Yeah. So did you have a good break? I did. I did. Just had a little break. Nothing overly exciting, but yeah. You Went didn't to... go overseas or to Japan skiing no. like Scott or anything like that? I went that. to Stockton for a day. Does oh, that count? Or that's oh, overseas, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. No, it's overseas. Overseas, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> what have you got for us today, Judy? Well, lots of things. You know, people tend to think February is not a good time for the garden, and sure, it's not good time for the gardeners being out in the heat, yep. but there's so much to do in February, Greg, so we've got lots to talk about. And the other thing I want to just have a chat about today, you know, house prices are tending to be dropping a little bit. Okay. We're doing a bit of finance today as well, are we? Oh, well, no. No, I'm going to give them some hints what might help. Oh, it might help to... Yeah, it might help. Because, you know, when you pull up at a house and uh, your first impression is your best impression, isn't yep. it? And you go in and they've got new cushions and tidied everything up. Freshly painted. Freshly painted. But the garden, my God. So I just want so to give them a few hints about how to jazz, jazz, up the, your garden. jazz up the garden. Sounds great. I actually got a question for you as well. Well, it'll be about the grass. It won't be about the grass, actually. No? Oh, good, good. It's a question <laughs> for, from a friend, so. Right, right. But we'll have that later. Now, Judy, you mentioned a little bit earlier about jazzing up your garden a little bit to make it a little bit better if you're looking at selling your house. Yes, you know, I mean, by all news reports, things seem to have slowed down a little bit. And, uh, you know, when you first pull up, Greg, and you're waiting to go in with the masses of other people that go to look, you look around and, um, oh, gee, okay, Um, lawn needs a mow. Mm. Those gardens here are full of weeds. So it kind of makes you wonder what inside's going to be like, doesn't yeah, exactly. it? Exactly. But you go in and, of course, there's some new cushions around and things like that, and then you walk out the, onto the back patio and all the neighbours are looking in at you and you go, all right, okay, yep. that puts me off a little bit. I like a little <laughs> bit of privacy. Exactly. So you can't do last-minute instant growth, but you can certainly do some things to just improve the outside appearance. I think that the first look is probably what hits you the most. Yeah, especially walking to someone's front yard. Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. Um, So, you know, you need to have your lawn mown. Uh, The other thing to do is buy a new front doormat. Don't have a chatty old doormat there that's falling apart. Nice, (laughs) colourful, bright one. Um, Get a nice pot maybe of a standard fig and underplant it with um, white impatience, for example. So that will, their eye will focus on that as they're going in. And if you're in the backyard and you think, oh, gosh, what am I going to do about the neighbours there? Well, (laughs) you know, most neighbours are nice, but, you know, a lot of people value their privacy today. My neighbours are lovely. Are they? Uh, Well, if they're listening, they are. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't really have any. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of a bit unusual where I am. I do and I don't, but anyway. um, Righto. So we'll go back to the the back deck. Yep. Um, look, too late now to plant trees to hide, you know, next door neighbour's back door. So what you do is, at the moment, the timber screens are very popular, slatted, 
not whole screens, just like slats of timber. Yep, okay. Uh, you can get a couple of troughs and put it in front of the screen and put some plants in that might either like the shade or the sun. So it looks like it's been there for a while. Ah, okay. Uh, or you trick. could get Yeah, it is a good trick. Or you could get a big pot and put a climber in and start trailing the climber up over the around the slats. Yep. Uh, little things like that make a huge difference, I find. And, you know, at this time of year, if you plant lily pillies and grevilleas around the fence lines yep. and water them, water them, water them, uh, they'll give you a fair bit of instant garden. Okay. Yeah, but the secret is just, you know, don't wait till the last minute. No, obviously not. <laughs> so many customers come in and say, Judy, I've got a garden opening. A house opening today. What can I do? I need an instant garden. Uh, oh, so that's a bit of good luck. <laughs> <laughs> good luck kind of thing, yeah. yeah. I help as much as I can. But just little things like that, putting a bit of potted colour around. And, and if you have plants out on your deck, don't string them along the like in a little row of soldiers. Okay. You do clumps and you do different size pots and in each group, you have something nice and colourful in flower. So, you know, it just gives you a different impression that if, if you string them along in a row, it's a bit, a bit ordinary. Yeah, it looks just very vanilla, I could say. Yes, yeah. I have another word for it, but we're on air. <laughs> I think, are we'll, we on yeah, air? Yeah, we'll stick, we'll stick with vanilla. Okay. I think it's probably the best thing to do. So just have them all different clumps. Yeah, different clumps. Yeah, two or three clumps and, uh, you know, and just different size pots um, and then just in each one have a lovely bowl of colour. Okay. You get a diff totally different impression. So just bright colours, your reds, blues. Yeah, white. White's, White's always a good colour. It looks clean and, and it sparkles and, yeah, might take their eye off the backyard that hasn't been mown. Oh, yeah. Mm. Is that another shot? I mean, there's a lot <laughs> no, of shots at mowing the lawn here today. Well, you know, I mean, we do talk about your grass a bit. I'll, we'll talk about it in a minute, shall we? P quite possibly, yeah. <laughs> okay. It's, and we've got Lynn from EC. I mean, she's got a question about the red flowering gum. Hello, Lynn. A red flowering gum. Beautiful. Very nice. Hello, everybody there. Um, I've not long bought the property out here, and we've got a red flowering gum on it, but it's it's grafted at the bottom. Yes. And what's happening is the graft is bigger than the trunk itself. Right. And that graft is out of the ground. Now, okay. what's happening is all these new shoots coming out of the graft at the bottom... And I've been pulling them off and, and so that they won't grow and anything, but is there something I can paint on the on that grass to stop them from growing? Look, the secret is, um, you know, when you um, pull them off or cut them off, sometimes that stimulates growth. So the, the best thing to do is actually uh, just get a little bit of sandpaper yep. and rub that shoot back. You know, after you cut it off or pull it off, Yep. It'd still have a little nodule there, doesn't it? Yes, it does. It's very rough bark, actually, on the on the graft, yeah. Right, so then you just rub that back with a little bit of sandpaper, and that deters the shooting. But you can also um, paint it with um, Steriprune uh, if you wish to, but I doubt that's going to stop the shoots. Now, I'm guessing it could be shooting because um, it's very dry weather, and... 
what happens, uh, the plant tries to survive and sometimes uh, it tries to survive by putting out the growth it's grafted onto. Does that sound sensible? Yeah, yeah, yeah I understand okay. that, yeah. Right. Um, so really the little trick is like um, often uh, it happens with roses. They shoot below the graft. And sure as eggs, <coughs> if you get a little bit of sandpaper and rub back that shoot after you get rid of it, it doesn't shoot from there again. Yeah, well, I've got about... 50 to 100 of them around oh, the bottom of really? it. Oh, really? But, yeah, they're, they're coming out well. It's it's just that it's so dry out here, that's right. Yeah, I think that's what's happening. It's trying to survive, to be honest. Um, but it's all in flower at the moment. It's beautiful. Oh, they're lovely. And, you know, these new grafts that they do now, uh, they're quite expensive, uh, which you probably found, but the colours are wonderful. And the beauty of it is that they don't get huge. The trees no, they don't. don't. That, good. No. So yeah. look, do try it. Go out and with your secateurs and cut all those shoots off and sandpaper. Okay, I will do that. Thank you very much for your help. I hope that works. But I've been panicking about it for a while, so I just thought I'd give you a ring. Thank you very much for your help. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Cheers. Thank you, Lynn. We've now got Julie from Warrnambool, and she's got a question about leeks and pawpaws. Hi, Julie. Hi, how are you? Oh, fighting fit today, I can tell you. And hot. <laughs> oh, no, not in the studio. Don't tell anyone. Oh, it's a bit cool in here. In it's studio. quite refreshing in here. <laughs> it is quite refreshing in here. <laughs> but I think the temp outside is probably in the 30s. Oh, yeah, mid-high 30s. There. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, if you're from Wombrel, well, of course, you're getting a nice sea breeze, I suppose. We're getting a little bit of breeze, which oh. is better than nothing, isn't it? It is, you know, and we've only got what, Three weeks to go, and we're on oh. the turn to autumn. I hope. Hopefully, yeah. cross your legs for that one. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, cross your legs for rain too. <laughs> I've let some leeks go to seed. Right. Okay. So I've got the big ball. Uh-huh. When do I put it in a bag and collect the seed? Okay. So is it dried out? Um, how do I know if it's dry? Well, you know if you. What, have you cut it off? You've got it. No, no. Oh, it's you have on the plant. No. Oh, it's still on the plant. Right. Okay. Yeah. Look, so I cut it off the plant. I'd be inclined now to cut it off the plant and okay. put put it in the bag, and you probably find it will open and the seed will drop out. Oh, okay. Okay. Right. I, I didn't know whether or not to do it while it's on the plant or cut it. So that's good. Okay. Yeah. Well, like, um, you know, like ag- agapanthus, you know, when they're finished flowering and you yep. generally cut that long stalk off and you yep. can catch the seed then. So I'm more inclined to say, yes, cut it off. Okay. No problems with that. Now, I've grown some pawpaw and they're about two and a half, three foot tall in right. pots. Uh-huh. Then can I, I want to try and grow them in pots, like big pots. All right. Yes, when that's fine. When do I transplant them to the big pot? How high are they already? About two and a half foot tall. No, you can do it now. Oh, all right, this time of year. Yes, it won't hurt all them. Right. Well, okay. you know, the only thing that will hurt them, of course, is keep in mind you're putting more soil around them, so that means more water. Yeah, yeah. okay. So you might want to wait until the beginning of autumn, but uh, you could do it now, maybe on a cooler day. All right, so it won't hurt if I leave. I've got them in an outside big shade area, okay? Right. Um, so it won't hurt to leave them there till autumn and then do it in the cooler weather. 
No, it won't. Won't oh, at all. Okay. But keeping right. in mind, Paul Paul's Paul Paul's like son, so you know, don't leave them in that. Uh, you know, that babied condition for too long. Yeah. Oh no, it's just um, just with a um, a roof and nothing else. Oh, and it just right. takes off the glaring sun. Good. Good. Off my veggie garden, I've just put them in a bed there that. I've got dormant at the moment, so I've just thrown the pots in there. And have you grown them from pawpaws? No, yes. Oh, very clever, very clever. Do you know that's the one fruit I can't eat? I just oh. pawpaws. Yeah, it's the smell. Oh, it does smell funny, mm, doesn't it? It does. I say that too. Yeah. 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 But if you mix it with fruit salad... You don't know, I know. You don't know. No. And they ver- they grow so fast and they make quite an attractive tree. So can you cut them off if they get too tall? Um, probably not. Okay. No. You need, the, you, know, you need that canopy that's where the fruit hang off from, so... And we've got Peter from Belmont and he's got a question about the orange tree. Hello, Peter, an orange tree. What's yes, happening? Yes, well, I have, I've had it in a pot for well, probably about two and a half years. I know I'm due to probably transplant it very soon. Um, it's in about a two foot by about a nearly a two foot deep pot by diameter as well. Right. Um, it's only probably about, oh, it'd be lucky to be just over a metre high. Um now, I've had it absolutely full of flowers. Last season, I got six oranges off it. This season, I probably had about, I counted them, there was 24 that were starting to grow big, and they were all just dropping off. Every day, I'd go down and shake the bush, and, like, honestly, they just were just dropping off like tears running down a face. <laughs> and I had no fruit on it, or and... Can I ask why were you going down shaking it all the time? <laughs> no, like I wasn't shaking it. Like I was, I'd go down and talk to me plants all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it might have been, might have been objecting to you giving it the the hard yeah, treatment. because no, like, the, the, the other ones you could tell they were turning yellow. Like the flowers would drop off, and they'd have the little tiny orange starting, and then they'd go yellow and drop off. But then the others are getting about the size of marbles. Right, right. And then they just drop off. Right, okay. Like, yeah. The, the problem is, was it a graft originally? Ah, uh, yes, it, it was. Is. Okay, now that is a pretty confined size pot you've got that orange in. Okay, right, so, so I need to go bigger. Definitely bigger. And the other thing is, um, how often do you feed it? Um, well, I feed it at the beginning of, um, well, probably spring. Right. I give it a feed, and then I give it a light feed in summer and well watered, like give it a good water yeah. to help break down the uh, food. Um, and I don't feed it over winter, though. Okay. Well, you should be, in fact, feeding it in um, March and August. 
March and August. Okay, yes. so now, I'm doing it at the wrong time. Yeah. Now tell me, what are you feeding it with? Um, Sudden impact. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know why you're laughing, but I have to tell the listeners. Sudden impact is for roses, everyone. Um, but it, um, because it has the same pH that citrus need, a lot of people use do use sudden impact. And, Peter, that's fine. I thought you were going to tell me uh, citrus food then. Well, that does cause fruit drop. But sudden oh, okay. impact doesn't. But I think your problem is needing to get it into a bigger pot. And yep. um, I think we might start to give it a bit of sulphate of potash. Oh, yes, okay. I never thought of that. Yeah, to hold uh, the fruit on. Yeah, you need something yeah. to hold the fruit on. And you can buy yeah. this wonderful um, product uh, made by Searles. It's called Flourish. And it's Flourish for citrus trees. And you yeah. put that in, dissolve it in water. And water yeah. it, you can almost do it every week. So you okay. would find a difference. But I think first thing, once the weather cools, that you need to pot it up. Yes, okay, right. Okay. So what size pot do you think I should go to? Like a wine barrel type of pot? Like a half a wine barrel size? Or Definitely, definitely. Yeah, okay, yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, okay. It wasn't right. a dwarf, was it? Um... I don't know, I may have to look at it. I think it may, may be a dwarf tree. Okay. I'm not quite sure. Well, that's all right. You'll still need that size. Um, yeah, and, okay. And perhaps no more hippie hippie shake? Yes, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and okay. May, may I say, Judy, that lady with the pawpaw tree? Yes. I, I, I may have a suggestion. Um, if she doesn't want it to grow too high, maybe she used the brick and the rope trick. The brick and the rope trick. What's the brick and the rope trick? Well, you put it around sort of towards the tip of the tree and turn it and bend the top down gradually and grow it parallel while the top still grows up. Oh, right, okay, a little bit like bonsaiing it with a brick. Yes. Right, okay. And instead of letting that shoot up 15 or 10 feet, sort of grow it across. Right, okay, yeah. Yeah, so she can still get to the flower head. A little bit, a form of a spallying in a way. <laughs> Look, yeah, thank uh, you for that. I hope she's still listening. Well, thank you for your help. You're welcome. Yes, much appreciated. Please and I'll get on about this. Please um, let us know sometime, Peter, if, if you've stopped hippie hippie shaking. Yes, I will do. <laughs> okay, thank you for yeah, Have a lovely day. Bye. Bye-bye. Jeez, thanks, Peter. It's Guarding Talkback on 2NURFM. If you've got a question for Judy Sharp, 49216216. And I did have a question for you as well, Ju uh, Judy, about... Were you going to call me Scott then? I was just about to call you Scott then. I was looking directly <laughs> at you and I was still going to call you Scott. <laughs> that would have been a bit excusable maybe at quarter past 12, but it's quarter to one. I should have had it in check by now. But um, one of my friends has a problem with a plant and she said it's an umbrella plant, but I described it to you earlier and I don't think it is an umbrella plant. You did say to me it was uh, growing in a basket. Yeah. Now, umbrella trees are quite tall growing trees with big, round, glossy leaves. Is that what you're describing to me? I, I should have taken notes on this yesterday. Or a photo. Or a photo as well. Or a photo. But you did say that um, uh, she'd been overwatering it so it went black. and that, I, think that it was, is... I think it was, yeah, she said black at the bottom. 
Yeah, well, that's caused by overwatering. Okay. Um, and then you said she let it dry out, so it still wasn't happy. Yeah. Um, perhaps what we're looking at here is the position it's in. Okay. So if you come armed with the... I'll ask more questions next time. That'd be good uh, because, you know, she could have it hanging out in the full sun, this umbrella tree in a hanging basket, yep. which I'm telling you now won't be an umbrella tree. Okay. I don't know where you got that name from. Is that the only name of a plant you know? <laughs> no. It's, uh, <laughs> I swear she said umbrella yesterday. Right, okay. Or I may have mixed up conversations. I, I think you have I, somehow. That possibly could so, be as well. Come, you know, come next time on with a little bit more info because I think the listeners are now going to be really um, interested to find out what that umbrella tree in a exactly. hanging basket I'll was. I'll take notes next time. Yeah, but, you know, it could just simply be that it's the kind of plant that doesn't like the sun. She could have it in the sun yep. or vice versa. I think it's on the front veranda. And it's getting shade or sun? I think it's getting shade. I'm trying we'll to remember see, the house. It, it might be... It might be that it needs a bit of sun. Okay. Sometimes plants come with labels that people don't read either, you know. Do plants come with labels? Yes. No. Yes, they do. They should if they're bought from somewhere reputable. Okay. And also, too, they should come with a little bit of instruction. A how-to guide? Yes, yes. That's that's a good idea. (laughs) It's a good idea that's in place. <laughs> Ring as soon as you get off air and say, read the instructions. I will do. Okay, good. And we've got Pauline from the Garden Suburb, and she's got a couple of questions. One about foxgloves and roses. Oh, hi, Pauline. You must have a lovely garden. Oh, good afternoon. Uh, no, not with this excessive heat. It's not so lovely. Judy, I've got, I need help. Right, if I, I can. <laughs> I can't give you rain. I can't do a rain dance. No, I wasn't asking for rain, but it would be nice. I'll, I'll pray for you to do the rain dance. Thank you. Okay. Um, what, I, what I would like to know with the fox gloves, last year I planted them and they were lovely. And they were all through the seasons until now. And within the last three weeks, They've all died off completely. They're, they're totally dead. Is this normal? I thought they were perennial and, and thought they would last a few seasons. They do in actual fact, and they're not exactly perennial, but they're biennial. Oh. So you <laughs> okay. haven't dug them out, have you? Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> Oh. They were dead. <laughs> oh, look, what well, happens I... often, they don't even flower the first year and, and that's what oh. happens. Uh, gardeners just think, oh, these aren't working, and they pull them out. But they flower oh. biannually. Oh, okay. Well, I have had seeds obviously drop off and I've got new little plants in Good. some patches coming up. So I've left them alone. But the mother plants, they've all gone. They went to the big nursery somewhere. In the sky? Oh, no, I think at the moment that big nursery is down below in the hot ground at the moment. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, well, okay. Well, I know what not to do now. Yeah, now you keep uh, hold of those little plants and let them grow yeah. again. Yeah, now what's um, the problem with the roses? Well... <laughs> It's the continuation every every year. The black 
spot. Yeah. And I just wondered if I've always used a product called Rose Shield. Yes. Should I use other things as well, like alternate, or should I get rid of that and go on to something better? I can't get rid of the black spot. I've pulled all the spotty leaves off the roses so much in some places. They're naked. The whole stem's not got a leaf. Now, tell me something. Um, do you feed them every month? Yes. Oh, that's I good. alternate. Yeah, I yep. alternate between rose food, dynamic lifter and cow manure. And cow manure, right, okay, that's a, a newie. Um, oh, why don't I've you try... blood and bone. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of blood and bone's good. Um, if we got heavy rain, which we're not getting, unfortunately, then you give them a handful of dolomite. But they're like us. They like to eat different things all the time. Um, sulfate of potash is another one to use... You know, so you just alternate the food. But the other thing you need to do is alternate that spray because the fungus builds up an immunity. So at the moment, I would be hitting them hard with um, copper oxychloride. Okay. Okay. Yep. So you do copper oxychloride this time. And then, you know, give your rose shield a little bit of a break for a while. Find something else. There are other products out there. I'm sure you can still buy Triferene in some form or another. But the secret is to alternate it and um, and keep your feeding up. That's good. Okay, Dan. Oh, well, thank you very, very much, Judy. I didn't know. I suppose it's like us. If you kept getting fed potatoes every meal, you'd probably of it, wouldn't you? Yes, that's exactly right. But you know, honestly, here in Newcastle, it's extremely hard at this time of year to grow roses without having black spots. So you're not really doing anything wrong. Okay, then. Well, thank you so much. Okay, you're quite welcome. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye. Bye Judy, I think we've got time for one more call for today. We've got Brian from Adamstown, and he's got a question about passion fruit. Hello, Brian. Hello, lovely. It's a melancholy hot chilli plant. Oh, okay. Sorry, dear? What was that again? It's a hot chilli plant. Oh, it's oh, a hot, hot chilli plant. We're not yeah, going to talk that... about passion. No, no. <laughs> oh, we're going to talk about <laughs> heat. Away from that, lovey. <laughs> 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 right, uh, it's in the pot. Yep. It's about 600 centimetres tall. Yep. Right, I bought some rice. I mixed it up with nine litres of one. Cup full with nine litres of water. So I wasn't at the fertiliser. How much should I give it? What do you do with it, sorry? I've mixed up, I've got some Thrive fertiliser. Yeah, Thrive, yeah. <clears throat> I've, I've mixed up with nine litres of water. Yes. With one cup, cup, cup full. And it says it's a, a weekly fertiliser. How, how much do you have to give it? Okay, so you're fertilising them with Thrive every week? Well, I bought it, my daughter only brought it down on Saturday and I just I bought it and I give it a feed, I give it a cupful and I just found the rumour how much I should give it every week. Oh, okay, right. Now, look, if you've got a packet of Thrive, it should have instructions on there. Yeah, uh, but it doesn't <laughs> say it's uh, one of the plastic bottles. It just says mixed up with... Uh, 
five litres or something like that, yes. yes. Uh, look, um, really with Thrive, from my experience, you should only use it once a fortnight. All right, lovely. And um, how much water should you give it? Well, I'd, um, you know, a cupful's not very much, really. Um, I'd give it whatever the instructions on the packet say. Did you yeah, pot it into good potting mix? I don't know what I don't know what it's in, love. It's just in a pot. My daughter brought it down. Um, it says to keep in the full sunlight. Yeah. And the leaves seem to be wilting on it in the sunlight. Oh, well, you're not just relying on that um, cup full of Thrive once a week, are you, for water? Well, I, I was. <laughs> I, haven't got, I haven't got a green finger, love. Oh, no, you've got to water it every day. All right, love. Yeah, every day. See, what you're probably doing when you give it the Thrive, you might in fact be burning it because it's thirsty. All right, lovey. Okay, so does that help you? Let's try watering it every day and I hope you like chilies. Oh, I love chilli, lovey. Very hot, I love it. Oh, do you? Oh, you know, I hate them. They hate me, uh, I mean. Chilies are brilliant. Love, oh, they... I, love, I, I love all hot, what is it, Indian spices. Ah. And carry, yeah. Yeah, well, I'm so, sure... Uh, how much water should I give it, lovey? I'd give it a jug full a day. We'll right, keep I'm the sure. doctor away. We're going to have to cut it there, sorry. We're out of time. <laughs> sorry about that, Judy Sharp. We're back again next week for Guarding Talkback. Maybe you'll get Scott. Maybe not me. Who knows? Luck of the draw. Luck of the draw. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.